Hello, Sold viewers. Big Ronnie here with another Sold Stay-at-Home series interview. This is our pandemic series of interviews where we connect with your favorite artists over Zoom and see how they're doing, see what they're working on, see how they're holding up, see what they're eating, see what they're missing, see who they're driving nuts in, in isolation, all that fun stuff. Uh, just a refresher to our viewers, this is not our first podcast series. Sold also has another uh, deeper collection of a podcast called In the Spray Room, where we sit down with artists at our dining room table here in Bay Ridge and chop it up with them for 45 minutes or an hour. We've had a lot of nice conversations over the years. We're looking forward to having more people into our home when we get back out of isolation. But until then, we're going to deal with Zoom. Uh, so please go back, take a look at our uh, older episodes. You'll be able to find us every single where pod podcasts are consumed. Apple, Spotify, Tidal, everywhere, uh, Google. So just pull us up, give a listen, and uh, shoot out some feedback. Let us know what you think. Now, today's guest is someone who we have shot their work for quite some time, but I haven't been able, we've never been able to meet them. And I'm quite excited to say hello to today's guest, Chris Cycle. Welcome to the show. What's going on? How you doing? Very good, Chris. So you are, um, you're a New England-based artist? Yes, that is correct. Well, I was born in Connecticut and living in New York City now. So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess you could say New England, yeah. Now, I, obviously your, your specific style of bending letters and pictures and things like that is, is unique. Is that, is, that someone, is that something that just struck you one day and they said that that was what you had to do, or did that come over time? Um, well, I had been trying to figure out for a while something that would specifically be mine uh, that I could, you know, attach myself to a brand or, or claim or whatever you want to say. Um, so if somebody sees something similar, they can be like, oh, you know, I know where that came from. Um, so it took me a while to settle on something. I've been trying a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I know uh, a lot of flat artwork. And when I say flat, um, you know, it, it looks like it could be been done in Illustrator or, or, or screen printed, you know, it's, uh, you know, it looks very uh, uh, vector-based rather than pixelated. I'm not sure if you know the distance or difference, excuse me, you know, yes. uh, uh, the difference between Photoshop and Illustrator. But, you know, I was doing a lot of flat artwork like that, uh, you know, heavily outlined type stuff um, for a while there. But, you know, I eventually... Uh, somebody told me, like, you can really paint, you know, why don't you start really, you know, painting. And, um, you know, I, I took that advice and I started following through with that to, to try to actually, you know, do more rendering with what, with what I do. Uh, a lot of, I think a lot of that flat artwork came from like a graffiti style where, you know, you would put your colors and do an outline around it. And it was very like layer based where you would have, you know, your, your fill in, your colors, your outline, your 3D, something around it. Um, but, uh, I tried to, I, it took me a while to come up with something that I wanted to call my own. 
And uh, I kind of finally settled on this distortion type thing, distortion kind of glitchy. Uh, I mean, how much do you want me to go into more about it or how, how okay. I can I'm, I'm very I'm very interested about how it came about and where it came from because obviously you have graffiti roots and have been painting on the streets for a minute. So I'm very curious to see how that how that transitioned into your mural work, sure. Okay, so um, as I said, I was trying to find my own little groove, something I could call my own. And a lot of, like I was saying, a lot of other people have done flat artwork and, and comic looking style. One thing I knew I definitely, definitely did not want to do is rely on like uh, uh, already known characters. Like I didn't want, I'm not trying to do like Mickey Mouse or, or Marvel comic guys in my thing. I don't want to use SpongeBob. I don't want to use the Simpson. Like I, I kind of like had my fill of that at, to the point where it's like, I pretty much despise it right now. You know, when I, when I see that being done. So I was trying to find something that was my own. And going back years now, uh, late eighties, there was a, you know, I've always skateboarded, was involved in BMX for a while. And there was a magazine, uh, there was trans world skateboarding. And there was also a magazine called freestyling, which was for bikes. And they were doing, there was also a magazine called club homeboy, which was kind of a combination of BMX and skateboarding. But well, what they were doing uh, was something interesting where they were taking, like say they would have a, uh, they would Xerox a photograph and then they would just smear the photograph across the Xerox machine to kind of elongate it. And then they would print it in the magazine. It, it, it was very graphic, very black and white, very flat looking. And I always liked the way that looked. Um, people who are doing that uh i believe it's a guy andy jenkins and spike jones were involved in this magazine andy jenkins went off to do uh, a lot of artwork for girls skateboard the art dump out there i don't know if you're how much you're involved with skateboarding or how much you know about that um so i remembered that from going back late 80s probably even early 90s and i thought that was kind of a cool looking thing so one day I was sitting around and I go, okay, they would do that with a Xerox machine. But since I used to do graphic design, I'm like, I asked myself, I wonder if I could do that with a regular scanner. And, you know, I didn't know if it was possible because scanners picking up color as well. It's not just black and white. So it would have to pick up a lot more information in order to do, you know, to come up with that effect. So I went home, flipped open my scanner. I didn't even know if something could scan with, with, the, with the lid open. I'm, I'm just like, okay, let me start playing with this. And I rooted through some photos I had, found a photo I liked and started playing with it and realized that I can, you know, distort things with the scanner. And the more I started playing with, the more I kind of found you know, images and techniques that I liked. So that's how I started doing uh, the, the, the roughs for my paintings. Now, you know, people have asked me, is it Photoshop? You know, no. Every, everything you see is actually hand done. Uh, I don't use images found off the internet. Everything I do with this is, is either my own photography 
or something that has come into my possession through uh, some sort of personal contact, like a friend gave me a photo or something like that, something, because I want to keep this, you know, personalized. I want to say it's mine from beginning to end. And, uh, you know, I don't want to just rip things off the internet. As I said, I don't want to use like SpongeBob or The Simpsons. Uh, so, I think you're absolutely right because I think intellectual property, it's fine to rip off and there's a little bit, there's a certain amount of percentage that you get away with legally. But for the most part, if, as an artist, I would think that you would want 100% of everything that goes into your work, including the process and the, and the, the, the source to be yours. Yeah. No, um, you know, because, you know, I, the first couple I did, people did come up to me and goes, uh, uh, you know, did you do that in Photoshop? And I'm like, no, not, you know, not at all. And I realized by doing different, moving things different ways across the scanners, you get different techniques. You know, I, I, I kind of um, liken it to, you know, you got a turntable with a record on it, you know, and scratching. If you do it this way, you, you know, get a different sound if you do it that way you get a little sound and I and I started experimenting with different ways of moving it and I found different ways of moving it you can get different looks with it so when I I take the photograph something I took you know I go I, I, I take a lot of stuff with my iPhone and uh, so either I have a hard copy some old photograph that I took in person or I uh, have something in the computer that I print out. I got photo paper that I print the print the uh, photo out on, and then I start manipulating it, and I end up getting about say like I don't know somewhere between twenty, forty, sixty different, you know, uh, you know blurs. If I call them blurs. So what and, you do? So you you'll distort it, make a picture. Uh, print it from the copy machine and then paint that. Well, it's there's no copy machine involved. It's just my printer. Got it. So, so what I'll do is once once I distort the image, I have I do a bunch of different ones. I, I I'm looking at anywhere between twenty to sixty different ones. I do. I'll, I'll look at it. I'll decide if I how I want to crop it. If I want to crop it. Um, depending upon how I want to crop it, then I kind of will make a measurement either in Photoshop or Illustrator. This would look good at 32 inches, 40 inches, 24 inches. You know, if it looks good this way, you know, with height, I'll come up with, uh, you know, a measurement that I think it would look good at based upon the computer. Go out, buy the, buy the stretcher bars. You know, I got canvas, stretched it put it all together, stretch the canvas, and then I take that and then I project that onto the canvas and, and then paint it. And I have the printouts of, of the blur I did and, and that's, that's my sketch that I used to paint off of. So as I said, I try to keep it 100% mine from beginning to, to end, either photos that I have. You know, I've used photos from my grade school you know, when I was a little kid, uh, I've used photos from high school. Uh, the painting behind me, I don't know if you can see, is a picture of a kid I took in the park next to my house. Um, you know, I, th I think it's important to, to, to have uh, my name attached to it from beginning to, 
beginning to the end, you know. Where did you where did you first start doing the uh, the the spacemen? Because there's one there's an astronaut right by our house in Brooklyn in Industry City that is one of our favorite pieces in Brooklyn. We love it. Oh wow, thank you. Yeah, that was when I first started doing this. I didn't quite know if it would work with actual people's faces. So I started with astronauts because I thought it would look kind of like neat that it's like space, it's like intergalactic, it's out there, it's floating around, it's, it's you know, I like science fiction, I like fantasy, I figured, you know, the look would apply to, uh, you know, to astronauts nicely and the fact that they're just floating out there. So like the astronauts are the first couple ones that I tried. I tried it with some animals and I tried it with some astronauts. I thought the animal patterns would look good. And um, yeah, I liked the idea that it was an astronaut kind of floating through some time warp or something like that, so. And you've stayed, you've stayed with those. I saw you just did one in DC. Ah, that's actually probably about two years old now. So, um, can you hear that sound by the way? Yeah, is that an animal or a technology? No, there's somebody working in the apartment downstairs. I just decided to start working now. That's all right. We'll deal with it. Uh, let's let's talk more about your request uh, okay. set up there. So you're in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. And, and how are you handling it? Are you eating okay? Are you getting out enough? Um. You really, you really can hear that sound? Yeah, that's okay. Best lead plans and all that. That's okay. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to try to pick this up later, we can. Yeah, yeah, listen, warts and all. That's the way we do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> um, well, I was, uh, well, this just added to the, uh, the chaos I've been dealing with. But um, uh it's been uncomfortable. I'll be honest with you. It's been uncomfortable. I like being outside. I like staying busy. You know, uh, uh, sitting still this much really, it bothers me. Um, my girlfriend's who I live with works. She can work remotely online. So she's been doing her thing online while I've kind of been pacing in, in you know, in the apartment. I go up onto the rooftop, you know, I'll, I'll sit up there and pace around. You know, I'll, I'll go up there and maybe drink a beer or something like that. Uh, when this started going on, I dragged the painting behind me home from the studio to have something to do. But the first month here, I had a whole lot of trouble working on it. It was very uncomfortable working in this space. I got two cats, a turtle. My girlfriend's like, you know, working on her computer. It's kind of hard to, to put myself in the headspace to like work. I've... I have a studio over in Long Island City, and it's it's you know it's a it's space to myself. I go in there, I got stuff hanging on the walls, you know, like you do in the background, friends' artwork, skateboards, that kind of thing. I got a little speaker. I can go in there, put on my music, you know, door shut. I'm in my own little world, you know, and I'm I'm working away. What do you and, like to listen to while you're working? Uh, I I like I like a lot of mix stuff i i um do, do you know what do you know mixcloud and soundcloud yeah of course okay so i follow a couple djs on there that uh i just go and listen to their mixes over and over and over again 
and it the mixes are anything from classic rock to to uh old school hip-hop to you know some reggae some stuff mixed in there whatever depending upon my mood um you know how, you, how are you finding food in that neighborhood are you is the grocery store still okay yeah there's a grocery store nearby me that's open um it's unfortunately not the most comfortable place to get food. When this thing first started, there was a lot of people, I guess, not taking it serious. Uh, they were walking around without masks, without anything. You know, they're, they're, they're in shorts and they're in tank tops walking around like, you know, like nothing's going on. So going to the grocery store, since I live in Manhattan, the grocery store is a little cramped. The aisles aren't all that wide. So trying to get food and I'm in there, you know, with a mask trying to be responsible and there's, you know, some guy in a tank top or shorts or flip flops, you know, reaching across my face to grab, you know, something off the counter got, got, or the shelf got me really aggravated. So you got to go kind of either early in the morning or late at night to kind of avoid the crowds there and things. And it's also touch and go with what you're finding at the grocery store. Like I'll go over there and like they'll be completely out of rice or they'll be completely out of say frozen vegetables or something. So you got to kind of come up with some alternative to use. So we also got like two like uh, bodegas around the corner that are open almost 24 seven. They've been closing a little early because of this, but you know, they have the emergency, you know, supply if I need to go get milk real quick or I need to go, you know, get something real quick. I know those guys, so I can grab something. Have you been um, with your family? How are they doing? Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, well, my mom died right at the beginning of this. So. Sorry to hear that. No, uh, oh, thank you. So that. I'll, I'll tell you a little, I'll tell you a little, it's been a little crazy for me because there is, there's literally a hard start for me for this whole pandemic thing. I had to, uh, my mom had to go for heart surgery. So she's down in North Carolina. I literally hop on a plane, fly down there. My sister and I, we got to take her in for the, for the heart surgery. Uh, wake up, drive her to the hospital. She's having heart surgery. She ends up having a stroke on the, on the operating table. And she dies like three days later. I come back. Well, I had to stay down there a little while to figure out what to do with my dad. We had to get him into, uh, into um, assisted living. So I had to stay down there a little longer to take care of that. And then I fly back and I found my work, I have one week of work and they, and they're like, look, this is getting bad. You know, nobody's coming in after Friday. And uh, then this whole thing, you know, then I just been stuck at home. So this hasn't really been a gradual experience for me. It's like I woke up one day and the world was normal. You know, I, I was, I was going to work, everything was going along, going to the studio and woke up the next morning and took my mom to get surgery. And then nothing has been normal since that day. 
So it, it, it's been, this whole thing has been a little, uh, it's literally, like I said, it was, a, it, there's a hard line in the sand where it's like before this one day, which was like February 26th or something like that, the world was one way and normal, whatever you want to call normal. And then woke up, took my mom to surgery and nothing's been normal since then. You know, my job's been on pause. I haven't been able to get to my studio because of this. I've snuck over there a couple times to check in on my stuff, but I've been trying to work at home. You know, I'm in this apartment. I go to the roof. I pace around. Uh, brother, um, if this is a really hard time for everybody. It doesn't really matter who you are, what you do right now. I think you're going to be affected one way or another in ways that other people aren't. And with your family issues and your mom passing away right at the start of it, you know, I could, I could see that just doubling how much this. Oh yeah. The, 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 yeah. The first month that I was home, I'm not going to lie, man. The anxiety and, 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 and the stress and the depression of everything it's because you go through something like that and my normal releases are not there. Yeah, you can't, I can't, I'm, I can't, I'm not out. I'm, I'm just living with it. Do, do you know, do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? It's just yeah, there on my mind. It's yeah. not like I can go out and go skating. It's not like I can go to the studio and crank my music and be in my own space. It, it, that's, there's none of that. I'm just yeah. sitting there and I'm living with it and I'm stewing with it. And like I said, I'm in my apartment. It's a small Manhattan apartment or I'm on my roof. And occasionally I escape to go get some food and come back. But for the first month, it's just like I'm sitting there. There's nothing to do but live with it. Yeah. And there's there's no way to, uh, there, there was no release valve. Do, 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 you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, every, under normal circumstances, you need a chance to blow off steam and, and, and de-stress and things like that. So under these circumstances, and as much as it got piled on you, you know, uh, I could see you wanting to, you know, just go for a run and not stop for a while. I, I mean, I do best when I'm busy because it keeps my mind occupied. And when I have nothing but time to sit and think and turn things over in my head, you know, things can go to a dark place. So... <laughs> But you, you're, uh, I, I touched on it earlier about different mediums, different styles, the things that you've worked through. You also uh, put yourself through school. You have a master's in fine yes. arts, correct? Yep. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I would imagine the things, the different types of things that you learned while studying that wouldn't necessarily have prepared you for, some, for a situation like this. You know, studying the masters or studying the techniques or, or, or putting your 10,000 hours in in any medium you chose isn't really going to teach you how to work under a lockdown unless that's something you're comfortable with. No? <laughs> um, okay. So what I did, what, what, I, what I was trying to do with the masters and what I learned from that to where I am now, there's a whole, there's a whole series of events where things changed as I grew and experienced new things. When I my undergraduate degree was, was fine arts. I always wanted to, be a painter. When I was a little kid, my mom took me to see, I was always drawn, and my mom took me to uh, the MoMA to see a Picasso retrospective. And I walked around, and it's the first time I had been in any kind of 
art museum. I've been into museums, but it hasn't been solely art, but the entire MoMA was Picasso, Picasso, Picasso. Now I'll tell you, I'm not, now I'm not the biggest Picasso fan at all. I think it's become cliche, but when I was like, whatever I was nine or 10 or something like that, it was some pretty fucking amazing stuff to look at. And, um, so that there was something about like looking at that and, and something about like, uh, there was something I want to use the word, um, elevated or something about that. I, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it's like, there's something like exclusive about that or something about, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure if I'm explaining it right, but that, that kind of like, oh, wow. the, the imagination that it, it inspired in you, the awe of it. I, I think I get it. It's not just that, but it's like, like you're in touch with something else or something, you know, it's like, you know, you're an artist, you just get to be you, you know, and well, if you're you know, that, that's why I think it's so interesting this time today, because, I, you know, we've interviewed, call it 40 artists in the last seven or eight weeks about this, and I'd say only three or four of them, uh, yourself included, haven't said, I'm really comfortable indoors, I like staying here, it's really not a big deal, I work in 10 hours a day indoors anyway, you know, it's, it's I, I think you're, um, um, I think you're driven crazy in a slightly different way, wanting to get out and move and do different things. Uh, well, okay. To quickly finish up with what I was saying before about the graduate school. So I went to school fine art, got out of college, realized I couldn't make a living that early on just doing fine art, went back to school for illustration, went out to San Francisco. So I was introduced to a bunch of different things out there. Um, I ended up falling into doing graphic design when I got back, but I realized I was still painting at that time. And I, I realized that like, you know, I really did want to get back to painting. So I kind of gave up the graphic design stuff a couple of years back and been focusing on doing painting. Um, you know, I got a regular job that I work, but, um, you know, I do, I do the painting and I go to my studio at night and on the weekends you know, as far as being trapped inside, I think, you know, with doing graffiti so much, you're outside. So much of my creative time since I've started doing it in high school has been outside. You know, even farther back when I was skating and stuff like that, your creative time spent outside. So I'm used you know, there's a part of me that's like creativity is outside, but there's also a part of me where, you know, secluded in my studio, in my space also feels, feels very comfortable too. Mm. Trying to work here, it's difficult because it's, I'm not, it's a shared space. So it's, it's a bit difficult. Well, I think that's normal in, in most industries. That's why you have a home and you go to work. That's why they have offices because yeah. you can't get the things done at home that you do in an office when you're supposed to be focused or in your studio when you're supposed to be focused. But Chris, 
um, this this was a, a really great chat. Uh, you know, we love speaking with with artists about how they're doing and the work that's coming out of it. Um, you wanted anything to tease? Anything you're working on? Anything new skills working on in the studio? Anything like that? Um, I'm just slowly working away at these paintings. Um, the one behind me is possibly going to a show that it was supposed to go to a show in May that got postponed, but we're I'm still waiting to hear confirmation about when that may be, maybe August, but I guess everybody's waiting to see, you know, when the dust settles where everything is. But, um, uh, nothing, nothing straight away. Just, I want to get this thing done and over and pass me so I can get back to the studio and, and, uh, get working. Well, we, we definitely appreciate your time today, Chris. Before I let you go, please let everybody know uh, where they can find you online. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram, and it's uh, cycle uh, underscore I'm okay on Instagram. That's basically what I'm doing right now, so just the Instagram stuff. I've been posting a lot of old graffiti stuff at the moment, but I'll probably post some artwork again soon. Uh, we can't wait to see it. I uh, uh, it was nice meeting you. I uh, look forward to meeting you in person. And uh, I can't wait to see you out working uh, on the street. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully there was something in there. It was a nice chat, Chris. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Okay. You too.